This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Short Shifts. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I feel like uh, like a Chris Kreider, like I am capable of putting together hat tricks and back-to-back weeks after being a real drag on the lineup for a while. I'm, I'm feeling good. You feel like you were a drag on the lineup for a while? Why? I don't know. This is a terrible metaphor. I'm just riding high off of another great night of Chris Kreider uh, action on my Cupful team. That's all. Okay. I'd, for what it's worth, I'd compare you to like an Austin Matthews type who's who's always on. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's a lot there. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, folks, let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Short Shifts. Of course, we are brought to you by Keeping Carlson on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, Short Shifts is the twice-weekly check-in between those massive Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson, keeping you up to date with fantasy news, takes, and analysis. If there's a player we don't talk about tonight, of course, you should message us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK or join the Keeping Carlson patron Discord group at keepingcarlson.com slash patron. So, Lewis, let's get into our headlines. And this one is kind of just a callback to our Wednesday show. I wanted to mention that Sidney Crosby back from the COVID list, so I would assume that means he was not afflicted with the virus, which is always good, and he started tonight's game between Gensel and Rust. So uh, that's that's a good thing to see, I think, for all Crosby Gensel Rust owners. Maybe not ideal for Malkin owners, although it's Malkin who has a point so far already tonight, um, playing with McCann and Kapanen, who we mentioned on Tuesday, Kasperi Kapanen looked pretty good in Crosby's spot on Power Play 1. I'd be a little bit disappointed as a Kapanen owner, but uh, it's nice to see him still on Power Play, power play 2, Line 2, and, uh, you know, five points in five games is nothing to sneeze at. Lewis, do you think he's a hold right now? Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, he's he's playing alongside Malkin, which is always a good spot. I would definitely rather have him than McCann. He's showed us some good scoring acumen so far this year, uh, freed up a little bit from whatever was going on with him in Toronto. Yeah, I think you hold on to him and see kind of how things shake out. Yeah, that power play, two is not quite as appealing, but, uh, you know, the power play, one, has been so-so uh this season anyway so yeah i think i'm pretty interested in ride this hot streak at least while like you said five points in five games uh and as you mentioned as well great to see crosby back nice to see him do a quick bounce back off of that covid list when there were fears of course that it could be as much as two weeks uh so you know it's always kind of roulette don't make any rash decisions uh obviously you're not making rash decisions with crosby but anybody who goes on that covid list it's useful to see how long they're going to be out there uh, unless they are one of those you know bubble 
wire uh, players. You know, you don't let them go until you find out exactly how long they're going to be gone for. And I think that the most uh, useful piece of, or, or another piece of news related to COVID is we did see Joel Farabee hit the uh, hit the COVID list today. So he missed the game between Philly and Pittsburgh. Uh, no word yet on why he missed the uh, why he or why he's on the list. And as we've seen with Crosby, it could be nothing. So don't go dropping. Uh, you know, one of the hottest players in the league right now, just because they hit the COVID list, assuming, oh, they're going to be out for two weeks. Hopefully it's the same deal. He's okay. And they're just waiting on a, another test or, you know, like he, maybe he had close contact. We don't know with this virus, right? So don't freak out. Hold on to Joel Farabee until we know a little bit more. Interesting though, to see in his absence, the Giroux line really pick things up um, where, you know, it has been that Farabee and JVR line that's been so hot. Uh, tonight it was the Giroux line. Giroux with uh, two goals and an assist. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I think something that Philly really needs is not to have to rely on one line. And I think we saw that. Uh, I mentioned this the other night, I believe, about how Philly has the talent to roll those three lines. I'm actually. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I or I didn't think to mention this earlier. But nice to see Travis Konechny get in on that. He had a couple of assists as well. So uh, yeah, good night for some Philly slumpers to uh, to break out of it. Um, let's jump in now to the injuries portion of our show and uh, we have to start with a bit of a backbreaker here uh lewis why don't you start us off in new jersey oh boy yeah this was a nasty one uh nico hishier is out week to week with a broken bone in his face after a puck hit him in the visor uh it i mean i don't even want to talk about it it sounds it sounds really unpleasant he's on concussion protocol as well um so just uh you know Pretty concerning, I think, this injury to his year. Uh, so, you know, we don't have that many weeks left. He hasn't been, I mean, yeah, he's been putting up a little bit here and there, but been kind of a disappointing season for him. Uh, the results are we might see Pavel Zaka as the line one center with uh, Kyle Palmieri and Miles Wood. And then we saw Jack Hughes line up with Sharon Govich and Kuokinen. Uh, we saw Jesper Bratt banished down to line four, and we saw Nikita Gusev healthy scratch. So just a whole bunch of uh, all, you know, moving and shaking going on on these New Jersey lines. And the end result was not especially pretty uh, as they were on the receiving end of that Chris Kreider hat trick uh, as the New York Rangers uh, waltzed away with it. Yeah, I think, though, with these New Jersey lines, they're just so... I think that Lindy Ruff basically tried to to roll like reshuffle the deck here, and he's kind of just looking for whatever's working, and that's what it, the vibe I'm getting from the Devils power play and the Devils line so far is they just really haven't found anything that works for them. So I think it makes sense to give Zaka a turn on line one here where he's been hot. Although I think that tonight may be his word. Oh yeah, there it is. The final six one. So this may be his second game in a row without a point, which isn't great. Um, Definitely a little bit bothered to see that Mackenzie Blackwood has now gone four games without a, uh, well, with giving up three or four goals. Um, definitely not used to seeing him struggle to this point, to this degree. I'm not getting too freaked out by the Devils. I'm expecting, you know, with a, a young team like this, that they're going to have hiccups. They're going to have to reset. I remember a few weeks ago, everyone was talking about how the Rangers were terrible, and I thought that was a little bit over blown and now everyone's talking about how the rangers are elite and i i think that's a little bit overblown and i think it's sort of the same thing with the devils you know they're not as terrible as they look right now they're going to come out with some adjusted lines 
and they're they're gonna figure something out at some point. They're kind of becoming the Nashville Predators version of like that team who has to figure out their power play a little bit right now. And uh, so I'm hoping that Ty Smith can be that guy, and that uh, we see some. You know, we see some good stuff out of the Devils moving forward. So, yeah, if, if we can see some sanity uh, emerge from the discombobulation that they're running out there, you know, if they find something that works for them for for a game or two here and can maybe stick with it, uh, hopefully we can we can progress towards something a little more uh, logical and effective. And so next up, we'll head over to Colorado, where Nathan McKinnon was injured last night with a, a hit to the head by uh, Joaquin Blight. Bl- Blitchfield, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, the NHL is reviewing the hit. In his absence, Nazem Kadri headed up to the top line. Andre Burakovsky hit that top power play. But Bednar did say he seemed okay in the post game. So I'm kind of just bringing this up because if you're listening to this on Friday, the Avs have a pretty decent schedule. You know, they play an off night here, and then they also have the stream Agami next week. So I would monitor the situation if Mac has some problems. You know, concussion symptoms sometimes come up later. So maybe Burakovsky, somebody you could get off the wire. Yeah, and uh, Burakovsky is on a little bit of a hot streak of his own, uh, especially after he got a little, you know, Ben negged him into into this success here. Uh, we gave him a cold streak. And, uh, you know, even independent from that elevated uh, deployment, he had four points in four games before Wednesday's game where he did not score, but he did have 18 minutes with four on the power play and took four shots. Um, but what that might mean is that even without uh mckinnon's absence if uh if he does indeed make it back after this next game burkowski may still be worth a look especially as you said with this nice schedule coming up uh he was producing you know in those you know 14 and 15 minute games that he was getting uh the last few even though he wasn't able to uh, uh manage a point um once he was uh elevated to that top line all right, and uh, another outry here. We have Connor Garland back, and in his first game, he had an assist versus the Kings. Uh, with him back, I would have expected the Schmaltz, Garland, and uh, and Keller line to get reunited, but instead, Phil Kessel, who uh, Brandon Elon talked about the other night, stays up on that top line while Clayton Keller moves down to line two with Christian Dvorak and Pitlick. I kind of like that move just to give Christian Dvorak a little bit of help. Uh, He's been cold, and it's nice to see a little bit of help for him down there. And then finally, we have Matt Grizzlick coming back onto the top power play in Boston. They only had one, like shift of the power play one there were a lot of a lot of four on four in that game on wednesday night so i will look uh, you know i'm keeping him on my ir uh stashing him there just to kind of see what happens and if he shows that he can be productive in that spot i, w- I would like to see him shoot more you know tory krug uh at least supplanted some of his off periods by by putting up shots and blocking a little bit grizzly hasn't really been that back-end guy and you know You'd like to see a little bit more peripheral action from a defenseman, especially since Grizzlick has not shown that he's going to be an elite point producer. So he's got to do something if he's going to stick on your roster. Lewis, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some streaky players. You're listening to Short Shifts. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Ben from Short Shifts. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. That's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for just $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you're looking to grow, Hustle's an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, you're going to start us off with a cold streak. No, you're going to start us off with a hot streak. Bring in the posy vibes. Why don't you start us off here? Absolutely. I want to go to I want to go to St. Louis and talk about Zach Sanford and this just outstanding run he has had over the last three games. You know, Sanford has been kind of a useful plug up and down the line, and he's been on a pretty good power play too. Just been on an absolute tear lately, though, scoring six of his ten points in the last three games while lined up with Ryan O'Reilly and and Kairou. Uh, he's had three, six, and three shots in those games while averaging a hair over one and a half shots a game in his other nineteen thus far. Uh, despite this shooting binge, he's not going to keep shooting 33% as he has been since being elevated to that Ryan O'Reilly line. I grabbed him before last night's game, and I definitely recommend picking him up short term. Um, but watch for a drop in shots or relegation to line three, because you don't want to be holding on to him when he is back uh, to his four points over 19 games pace. Uh, and, you know, that could be sooner rather than later because we do have Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, who is at some point going to make his return to the lineup. Uh, and, Sanford definitely sees like the odd man out. So this is a short term only move here. I'm with you there. I, I guess, you know, it's one of those things you're watching the lines, right? If it if it's not if, if he sticks, then you're able to kind of hold on. But yeah, definitely. He's a hold for now with how hot he's been. And uh, I'm jealous of a, a league mate of mine in a deeper league that uh, that grabbed him this morning while I was I, like he was top of my watch list. And uh now my, I'm picking through the dregs, that's for sure. Um, we are going to hop on over to Toronto, where Zach Hyman has five points in his last four. Hyman has become one of the most added players on Yahoo this week, which I noticed that most of the time when someone's getting added a ton, it's because they're like in the 25 or let fewer percent owned. Zach Hyman's 64% owned, and he's still among the most added players on Yahoo. So obviously, he's on a bit of a heater here. On the season, he's pacing for 56 points. That's just below last year's totals. And I will mention that Toronto's game Tuesday night has not begun as we get into this. He's been productive on a second power play unit in Toronto that's looked pretty good this year after we all kind of freaked out over uh, Sheldon Keefe splitting up Tavares and Nylander from the main group on the top unit. 
There are a few things that, I mean, that make me pretty certain that Hyman's not suddenly turning into an 80-point guy. You know, you have Thornton reestablished on line one. You have an on-ice shooting percentage that's just a bit high, but the other underlyings look okay. And and so I'm feeling very comfortable saying that, like, that 56-point pace is pretty sustainable, which makes him super rosterable in bangers leagues. Um, despite the recent hot streak, though, that, you know, he's not going to, he's on, a, he's a third line player. So it's going to be tough for him to hit m- much higher of a, of a peak this season. But I'm very impressed with Zach Hyman. I hope the Leafs bring him back next year because he just seems like a really fun spark plug on a team with a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of superstar talent. And you could see him kind of be in that like Patrick Hornquist type, uh, surrounded by, the Sid and Malkin types who are who are putting up all the points. So Zach Hyman, if he's available in your bangers league, go out and get him. Yeah, right on. Michigan guy too. <laughs> uh, sticking with bangers leagues, we got to talk about another guy who uh, is definitely another, you know, one of our short term must adds in any league that's counting those banger categories. And that's Marcus Felina, which is not anything that I expected to be saying. He is on fire lately, much more out of nowhere than Zach Sanford. Felina's got eight points in his last six games. Those six games make up 75% of his points on the season. Uh, he's mostly been playing with Parisi, although with Parisi scratch last game, he was on the awesomely named Bonino Felino line. Uh, unfortunately, Nick did not assist on Marcus's goal, or else I would have been spending all my time scouring the internet for the Harnarian saying Felino Bonino Felino broadcast call. It would have been outstanding. Maybe it's good uh, then that that didn't happen, so you could you could prep the show for us. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, while I won't, I'm not going to recommend picking up a guy who's seen fewer than 15 minutes most nights and shooting 63% on eight shots during this run and is not seeing power play time. He's not going to be useful in a lot of leagues, but he is a nice addition in a bangers league. He's got 11 penalty minutes and 13 hits over that 16, six game scoring binge too. So he's giving you a lot of category coverage. Just keep in mind, there's not really anything in his numbers to suggest that he can keep up this torrid scoring pace. All right, and I'm going to take our final hot streak of the week, and that is Brett Pesci, a name who I honestly, if you had asked me preseason, you know, 10 to 1, uh, or like, I don't even know what the odds would have to be for me to take it, but like that we would talk about Brett Pesci this year. Anyway, of course, five points in his last six, although I don't believe he pointed tonight, so make that five and seven, has made Pesci suddenly the second, or he's the third most added D-man on Yahoo, behind Nick Letty and Matthias Ekholm. On pace for 48 points this year, which is a huge upgrade, that would make Brett Pesci kind of like a Mikhail Sergachev or like a Matt Dumba type, which does not at all fit the profile. I mean, I'm sure that we we may have some listeners who are who don't, and I know that most of our listeners do, but I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if we have a listener who's like, who is Brett Pesci? Um, and so he does put up decent shots and blocks, and in general, as we've talked about a lot this year, you got to ride hot streaks, and on defense, sometimes... There's just no one appealing on the waiver wire, right? And so I'm sure that that's where a lot of these Brett Pesci ads are coming from. People who are desperate for some production out of the back end. I get it. But as soon as he goes cold and he now has gone pointless in two, you know, this is somebody you can let go. The underlyings are unsustainable. He doesn't get meaningful power play time. I mentioned Nick Letty and Matthias Ekholm earlier. I'd rather have either of them. Letty looking just fine on that power play two in New York. And Matthias Ekholm, who we mentioned on Tuesday at taking over for Ryan Ellis, has another goal tonight. So if he's available, go out and grab Matthias Ekholm. That is what I kind of want to impress here. 
Yeah, I think that's the real takeaway. I know we started this talking about Pesci, but Ekholm has six points in the last four games, mm-hmm. and his current game against Florida isn't over. He is averaging over four shots a game. This dude is obviously getting this marquee spotlight time to try to move him out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, take advantage. Get it while the getting is good. He is only 24% rostered across Yahoo, but that number is climbing. Uh, jump on that guy. Oh, I didn't even notice he also got an assist on the field goal. Life is good. Mm, yeah. Outstanding. All right, Lewis, I believe you have a cold streak for us. Yeah, just a cold streak here. Uh, Alex Afalo, who has just been uh, really exciting uh, out in L.A., uh, at least for a little while here. You know, this is a guy who hasn't had a ton of change in deployment. Um, the only thing that kind of stood out was that he had no power play time versus St. Louis, but it looked like it was the case of another penalty quickly evening things up. You know, the big issue here seems to be shots. He's had fewer than two a game for this five-game slide when he's averaged about two and a half shots uh, a game for the season. And what's interesting is he has no shots in the last three games versus Minnesota. Those are his only shotless games of the season. Um, You know, I don't know if they're giving him different responsibilities or what there. I'm not sure what we can do with him besides hold on. If you liked Iafalo when he was scoring, he's doing most of the same stuff with a little dip in shooting. He's seen the same deployment. You know, uh, the Kings don't see the wild again until April. Uh, so my feeling is you just grin and bear it if you liked Iafalo before, because uh, I think he's giving you most of the same stuff and hopefully he'll start seeing the bounces go his way. Yeah, I think the thing with Iafalo is like if you're in a deep league, you got to hold on, right? Because you're not going to find too many line one power play one players on the wire. I think what we're really seeing is, and this is something we kind of um, we kind of said when we were talking about players like Adrian Kempe and Dustin Brown a few weeks ago, is that the Kings have a had a very unsustainably high power play shooting percentage, and that has come back down to earth. It's impacting all of those guys. I think that there are better days ahead. But the uh, the Kings are not good enough. That uh, I guess it's kind of like what we were talking about with the uh, the Rangers and the Devils earlier. They're going to have hot streaks. They're going to have cold streaks. That's what happens when you have a young team who, you know, beyond the Kopitar, uh, Doughty, um, uh, quick core, the the Doughty quick core. Yeah, it's it's a young team that's learning quite a bit. So I wouldn't be losing you know total faith in Iafalo, but in shallower leagues, obviously, I'm I don't think you need to hold on too much. Lewis, I want to talk about one more. Uh, this is, I guess, a cold streak. Um, Carter Hart can't save a hockey puck anymore. He must have, um, I don't know, while, while, the, while the Flyers were on break, he must have not practiced enough at home or I, I don't know. But he's been just awful. An 893 save percentage now on the season. He's actually ranked like in the four to five hundreds in my categories leagues. Um, and another putrid performance on Tuesday, five goals against on 27 shots. Tonight, Brian Elliott got another start, and he didn't look great to start. Three goals against in the first period against Pittsburgh tonight. Philadelphia's offense, though, you know, kind of showed up in the last 40 minutes, and Elliott didn't allow another goal the rest of the way, and and Philadelphia pulled out the win. I don't, you know... they have a back-to-back coming up this weekend. So I would assume Brian Elliott gets one start. I would assume Carter Hart gets another. But Carter Hart at this point, I mean, if you drafted him, he's probably, you took him in the top five or top 10 of goalies. If you got him in the top 15, you probably thought you were getting a huge steal. Instead, he's been more like a waiver wire, like replacement level guy. I'm wondering, you know, we haven't done a panic room segment in a while. What is your panic level on Carter Hart? 
Man, it's tough, right? Because he's obviously the future. That's how they're looking at him. And he's really scuffling right now. I, I've got my panic meter at about a five. And it's because the play has been bad. And because Elliot has shown himself to be capable. I think, you know, worst case scenario, I think he gets into kind of a, a, a Dreger Bobrovsky 50 50 kind of setup here. Um, but you know, it is obviously concerning. That's not why you drafted him. You hope that he was going to be playing at least two thirds of the games and he's just not been able to put it together this year. Um, you know, so here's hoping obviously, uh, for my heart owners out there, uh, that he can shake this and get on a bit of a hot streak and, and elevate that season long save percentage. But yeah, I mean, it's grim right now. Ever since I feel like that, um, I think the nadir was maybe that game, uh, at Lake Tahoe. Uh, where he just didn't seem to be seeing the puck at all. And maybe he's in his head a little bit. I think that makes sense. I think that the five makes sense too. If I were to, if I were to give him a ranking, I would kind of split it up in the short term and the long term. Like in the short term, you know, if, if I were looking at my waiver wire and Carter Hart were there, I might be willing to stash him because of the pedigree. But like, do I expect him to just be good suddenly? Like, no, I think he's probably got to work through something. Um, so I think that, that Brian Elliott is probably worth a stash. You know, Philadelphia, a playoff team, Elliott playing pretty well. They'll probably ride him until the wheels fall off, as they typically do when he gets a chance to uh, to start the majority of games. So that's probably the best advice I could give anyone. Maybe... You know, I'm probably going to also tell you to hold on to Carter Hart unless he's absolutely murdering your fantasy team week after week and you need to start winning. Maybe then I could see dropping him. But the upside is so high. And if you can survive these uh, these tough weeks, I think that he will figure it out. And I think that you'll get a volume starter on a potential Dark Horse Cup contender. So um, I'm with you. Hopefully we don't have to wait too long for Carter Hart to turn it around. Get it together, Carter. (laughs) Lewis, that's all the time we have for tonight. Why don't you take us the rest of the way home? Thank you, as always, for joining us and downloading our episode. Please be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. Brian and Elon, of course, can be found at the handle at KeepingCarlson. Uh, you can grab my opponent this week, Dave Benton of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Better stream your heart out, Dave, if you want to have a chance this week. Visit the great sites we research our episodes with at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural Stat Trick, and Cacupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And as always, Always. Until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.